The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It is my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories and wisdom. This thing called life can be challenging, and the stories that are shared demonstrate that no matter what you have gone through, you can choose happiness. Since in the United States, Mother's Day is in May, I want to dedicate this episode to all of the amazing moms out there. I recently wrote an article sharing my three steps to alleviate mom guilt for a local magazine, and I thought I would share some of it with you. So mom guilt is a common theme that all mothers share. It doesn't matter what choices we make regarding our children, we still get that pesky feeling that we could be doing more for our kids. I read an article from Psychology Today that said, mom guilt can be a good thing if it serves as a gentle reminder that our actions toward our children matter. But if guilt is your primary emotion, it can negatively impact your parenting. It is also important to remember that kids will test their their mom And it's normal, and to recognize that all children will have challenges, no matter what kind of mom they have. So here are my three steps that I use whenever I start to feel this mom guilt, which, by the way, I didn't even realize it was a thing until I started researching this article. But I also use these steps to help me anytime a negative emotion surfaces, because we're human and they're going to keep coming up. So first is feel the feelings. What you are feeling is real, and it's absolutely normal. As humans, it is in our DNA to protect ourselves. It's the fight or flight response that we are all wired with. So give yourself a break and feel the emotion. It's okay to feel this way, and you are perfectly human to be experiencing this. Second, ask yourself, is this true? Am I a bad mother? So unless you're, you know, leaving your small children unattended at 10 p.m. to go bar hopping, you're not a you're not a bad mom, okay? All you're doing is making up a story that is not true. When I say making up a story, what I'm referring to is that voice in your head that wants to shame you, make you wrong, make you feel guilty, and so on. Third, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for the guilt that you are feeling or any other negative emotion that may be surfacing. I recently was reintroduced to an ancient Hawaiian healing practice, and I found it to be such a very powerful way to forgive yourself. So to forgive yourself, say to yourself, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. 
So if you would like to learn more about this topic and how to work with me personally, please visit sandyscarlotta.com to schedule a free call and also to get access to a free digital copy of my book, Happiness Solved. I also invite you to join my growing community by texting me at area code 703-420-3472 to receive daily inspirational messages. Again, that number is 703-420-3472. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you enjoy it. Today's guest is Debbie Marielle Elzia. Debbie is an intimacy specialist and psychotherapist. She helps women create loving, sexy relationships with their beloved and themselves. She says, we live in a culture that is sex crazed, yet starving for genuine intimacy and connection. This is such a important conversation for both men and women, and you don't want to miss it. Hey, Debbie, how's it going today? Hi, Sandy. So great to have you here. And I love this topic of intimacy and uh, that you help women create loving, sexy relationships with their beloved and themselves. That is really awesome. So you have a great story that I see on your media page, but I want to hear it from you. So how did you get to this point? What is that story of how you became an intimacy specialist. Yeah, like so many of us, I grew up in a divorced household, uh, you know, raised by a single mom and such. And, and then I ended up picking badly and ended up in a sex-starved marriage myself. So I ended up divorcing and then, you know, breaking my family up. And I know kids suffer a lot during for from divorce and, and sexual challenges are a top reason for divorce. So um, when my beloved husband, my current husband, asked me, I was at a career crossroads. I have a, I have been an attorney and uh, in IT. And when he uh, asked me, what are you interested in? What are you passionate about? And I said, love, romance, sex. And I want to be in a field where I can help people uh, that I and my he and I had just gotten into tantric sacred sexuality at the uh, around that time, and so I decided to totally pivot and I, I went in to become um, I'm a psychotherapist in Colorado, but my specialty is coaching. Right, we don't need to probe into the past, the pain to understand why you're struggling in your relationship and fix it, because the truth is that relationships are complicated, male female dynamics are complicated, and female sexual pleasure is complicated. So I developed some you know proprietary coaching methodologies to help women get out of their head and into their pleasure so it's been a kind of a creative and and passion uh, what is it passion project for me to help people uh, stay together not get divorced and make their marriages happy and loving and sexy I love it I love it I just had on a, a coach recently and that was his whole thing is keeping marriages together instead of going down the divorce route. But he has a totally different take on it than you do. <laughs> now, when you when you said your husband asked you what do you would you love doing, my first thought was, well you obviously like going to school because you're an attorney <laughs> and yeah. then a psychotherapist, like I mean that's that's a lot of school. 
I always score high on um, self-growth. Like if you do like tests, it's like lifelong learner, intellectual yeah. curiosity. That's always been good for me. But the interesting thing is that my husband would ask me, what do you want to do? What are you passionate about? And support me through this because ladies, a loved up man who is like truly loved up will do anything to make his woman happy. Yeah. You know? So true. So let's jump into some of these topics that, that we discussed before we started recording that you, you've got six things that women need for great lovemaking sex lives. And I know you've published a paper on this, but can you dive into that a bit? Yeah. So the point is that if you're struggling in the bedroom and you're not really having, you know, a high drive or a lot of fun, a lot of pleasure in the bedroom, it's, it's not that you're broken. It's not that you were necessarily traumatized, uh, which is often the therapeutic approach. It's just that, hey, female sexuality is complicated and you need a lot of things to be in order for you to really enjoy yourself. So I've categorized them and it's like the first thing we need is knowledge. What is it about? We, we mostly don't even understand like the female arousal cycle, for instance, you know, what it, and also what it is that turns us on. So it's knowledge about anatomy and arousals generally, but also what are we like? A lot of times women only know what they don't like. I don't know what I like, but I know I don't want that, right? <laughs> so that doesn't help your lover very much, does it? So right. knowing what you like is the first thing on my list. The second thing is worthiness and confidence. I mean, if you are up in your head with shame and guilt and negative conditioning and body image issues, I say, uh, pity the fool that tries to seduce you, right? It is not going to work if you are all up in shame and anxiety and negative conditionings and, and such, right? So what do we do to understand that our desires, our sexual pleasure are normal, are deserving of celebration, that our body is fine as it is that is deserving of touch and pleasure even though it's not perfect as compared to this perfect woman that we are always comparing ourselves to right right yes so enjoy yeah. yourself now so what do you tell women like when they're in that because you're not gonna women are not gonna climax if they're in their head it, it just isn't gonna happen i mean i right wouldn't you yeah. agree like it's a mental thing right oh yeah yeah uh, that's the so, next category, embodiment, I call that, which means being in your body as opposed to being in your right. distracted, busy, busy head. And, you know, we are kind of wired for multitasking, but then that doesn't work in the bedroom, right? We're thinking about the socks on the floor, the kids in the next room, resentment, body issues, right? So it's actually a practice to be able to calm your mind, mindfulness practice, and be into the moment, right? You're not thinking about the past or the future, but be in the moment and be in your senses, because that's where pleasure takes place, as opposed to in your head. So I help women with usually a lot of tantric modalities taken from the world of sacred sexuality without all, I, without necessarily, you know, all the spiritual aspects, but things like breath, movement, sound, touch, visualization, all of these things can put us into a very um, sensitized, excited state as opposed to a busy, distracted state. Right, right. So that was the first two. What's the next one on the list? The next one would be time. 
A great sex life does not just happen. It needs to be given priority. It needs to be given time. The chances of both partners in a long-term relationship just mutually both being turned on at the same time is a myth, right? It doesn't happen and it, it often. So planning sexy time, prioritizing your lovemaking is crucial, right? To keep it the spark going. We shouldn't just wait until we spontaneously feel horny, right? <laughs> That's, we should make it, you know, make efforts to connect. And also under the category of time, as women, we need time for arousal. If a man's sexual response is like a microwave, Sandy, ours is like a crock pot. We need time to be primed, right? Crock pot. I love that. <laughs> Right. It's, but it's it true, right? Long. I mean, there's got to be some foreplay. There's got to be some, you know. Exactly. And, and it's not, it takes about 20 to 40 minutes for the female body to be fully primed for, uh, you know, sexual activity. But the average sex act is over in eight minutes. Thus, we have a lot of frustrated women out there. So it's about, you know, communication with your lover and understanding your anatomy and your turn-ons. And so that you're both delighted. So why is it so hard for women to communicate their needs to their partner? There's so much taboo and shame around sex for one thing. And uh, people just think that you should be born knowing what to do. Unlike, you know, we invest in our education, our careers, our finances. We put all this time and effort into, into learning new things, but people just expect an amazing sex life to just happen. And without talking about it, you don't generally have a good sex life. And especially, you know, men cannot understand what it is like to be in a woman's body, let alone this woman's body and head. You need to be responsible for knowing what you like and how to communicate it. And it is a, it is a skill. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would imagine that the communication or the lack of communication is what really dissolves a lot of marriages when it comes to their sex life. Quite possibly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not easy. I mean, and then it also, you know, like my, my first husband, we didn't have a good communication when it came to most matters. The man I'm married to now, it's amazing. We have amazing communication with, with each other. And, 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 and when you have that black and white like I've had, you really see it. Like, oh, wow, communication. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps. It goes further than the bedroom. Like, you have to start right. before the bedroom. Does your relationship feel safe? Right. Or do you feel like you're judged or criticized because you can't really communicate what you like if your partner's going to be all like oh, you're criticizing me. Right. How do you create an atmosphere of being sexual explorers together? And it involves creating a relationship that feels safe outside the bedroom, too. Yeah. So, so true. I I second and third that for sure. <laughs> So what's, what's next on the, on, in, in those uh, six things that women need? Fitness. So mm -hmm. we need to have body and especially as we're, you know, as we head into like menopause and such, we need to be pain-free, right? And we also need to uh, have a body that's tuned to sensation, right? That's not gone numb and such. So um, keeping fit and also keeping your mood elevated as well, right? If you are all stressed out, you are gonna have no libido, you're gonna have no drive. So taking care of oneself and body. And the last one is creativity. 
how do you know what you love if you've never tried it? Right. You know, so, and it's not just about activities. It's about how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel, Sandy? Do you want to feel playful and naughty or uh, powerful or beautiful, cherished? What are the feelings you want to experience during lovemaking? And how do we get there? Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a lot for, for women to think about. And it's exactly see, even, you know what people I'm like, people, people's initial thought is how can you possibly say all women need the same thing? And I'm like, read it. And they're like, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now going back to fitness, what relationship is there between physical fitness and libido or is there one? Yeah, I would say uh, in men in particular, one of the leading causes of erectile dysfunction is overweight. Right. And nowadays, and uh, that's been, there's so many sex-starved marriages as a result of this. And well, as fitness, I I refer to it, I'm not talking about like the the shape that you have, but the blood flow. So things like exercise can help you in so many ways. So exercise, four things is great for your sex life. It puts you in a better mood. It reduces your stress. It makes you feel better about your body, even just minutes later, right? Your body didn't really change, but you feel better about it. Right. And that gives you more confidence. And also it gets blood flow going to the genitals, which is key to arousal for both sexes. Right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So one of the things that you also talk about is why female pleasure is so complex and that you're not broken. And you touched on that a little bit, but can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because I think um, there may be some listeners out there that that may feel like they're broken. Oh, yeah, because uh, a lot of it has to do with the emotional connection. And I I skipped that one when I told you the, the things women need. Oh, big one, emotional connection. Right. So so that's the thing. It's like to have a sex life, you don't have to have emotional connection. You could be out there in hookup culture. But to have a great sex life, I'm not don't kid yourself, ladies. You want to feel connected to your lover. And if you're not connected to your lover and the sex is great, you probably will get connected to your lover. So be aware that great sex will bond you to this person. So be careful. Um, So emotional connection is what women need. And that also adds a big layer of complication to relationships because if we don't feel safe and we don't feel cherished and we don't feel like our lover thinks we were desirable and beautiful that's one more challenge that keeps us up in our head and keeps us from enjoying our sex life so feeling emotionally connected is is key plus all those other things i mentioned so that's why female sexuality i maintain is complicated right right so you you, you mentioned on your on your media your bio sheet how is porn impacting your intimacy yeah I'm really anti porn or is that a, is it a good thing would it help people or no I'm, oh I'm I say no absolutely but I'm, here's why I say no because okay. I'm a love I am a love making coach right I am all about love and emotional connection right there's no doubt about it that people get turned on by porn. There's, it's, there's something sexy about naked bodies doing it, right? That we are programmed to think that that's sexy. But I am actually seeing so much negative impact of pornography 
in both the men who get hooked on it from the time they're teenagers, right? They think they think it's sex ed, right? Because that's the de facto form of sex ed. And that's not how ordinary women want to be made love to. Those are paid actresses. And on top of it, it invites its competition for a man's attention. Uh, it's c comparison, right? Women don't necessarily look like or respond like the women in pornography. So I try to get, you know, un help people unlearn porn, that that's not lovemaking, that's not loving, honoring, and cherishing of each other. There's no emotional connection, let alone even a plot in porn. So I think it's, you know, it's competition, it's bad teaching, it's it's the opposite of what I help my women achieve. And you said it and I, right as I was thinking it, that whole comparison thing. Yeah. That I would think that it wouldn't be helpful because yeah. I would think women would, would start comparing. And I know that's one of the biggest things that, that women struggle with is comparing ourselves to other women and feeling like yeah. we're not as good as they are, look as good as they are, whatever. Which stinks because here's the thing. So many women, they'll even, they don't even want to have sex anymore because they're so up in their head about I'm not perfect or whatever. But it's like, your man wants you. He desires you. What do you care about some perfect woman that you never met when you've got a man that's hot for you in your bedroom? Yeah. 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 Doesn't make sense, but... So... Is there, is there like ages where women, their drive goes up and then down? And if so, what can they do about that if their sex drive has reduced? Yeah, women's sex drive is very cyclical, right? We are, above all, we are mammals and we are driven to procreate and reproduce. So this is survival of the species. Women's uh, sex drive usually peaks around ovulation. Go figure, right? <laughs> um, and it goes up and down through the lifetime, throughout the month. We're very cyclical. Men are much more steady, right? They fe often feel their sex drive more like a hunger, whereas women often need something to trigger it in our heads or in our hearts to turn us on, especially in a long-term relationship. When we're just in a dating relationship and everything is new and mysterious and there's risk, you don't even know if he's gonna call you, right? Are we gonna, is he gonna call me? Are we gonna fall in love? Then women really have sex on the brain and it, our sex drive becomes like a man's, right? I'm thinking of my lover all the time. I'm thinking about sex. But people don't realize that that is very unsustainable in a long-term marriage, a long-term relationship. That will go away and that is totally normal. Now we actually have to cultivate our desire and our lovemaking with each other. We have to prioritize it and keep it new and, and fun. Mm, wow. This has been such a great conversation. Is there anything else that you haven't talked about that you think the listeners should know? Oh gosh, there's so much, Sandy. Where to get started? Know, you know? Each one <laughs> of those each one of those things could the, the six things could each easily be its own podcast. It could. Uh, it could be its own podcast. And we maybe we'll have to do that next. It's just have sort have like a series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I mean and I also help the women a lot with cultivating positivity in themselves because I noticed, you know, your happiness solved mm -hmm. audio. Um, so 
if we are stressed, if we are unhappy about ourselves, it's also going to show up in our relationship. You know, stress is the biggest source of low libido. It's also one of the biggest sources of relationship problems. So I use positive psychology methods, which are uh, kind of the science of what makes life good, what makes life worth living, human flourishing. Whereas traditional therapy is often focused on the pain, the problem, the suffering, the past, right? Instead, I mean, I would start our coaching to try to get a very fast result is like, what do you like? What is good in your life? What is working for you? And now how can we get more of that? Right. Focusing on all the positive things. Focusing on the positive and how do we get more of what you like? And okay. it's, it's a faster way to transform. And it's also working in your relationship too, because there's a big component of uh, happiness. So one of the biggest sources, the, if the, the, the biggest source, I will go out there and say the biggest source of happiness in your life is probably your intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. It's also the biggest source. Yeah. Or it's the biggest yeah. source of your pain and suffering. Right. It's right. life's greatest reward. And again, people don't, they invest in their education and all the time and energy into their children. And then they leave their, you know, relationship is like the last thing on their to-do list if it's even on there at all, you know? <laughs> so we can't neglect that area and expect for it to thrive. Right. So, so true. I love that. I love that. And where can people find out more about you? Yeah, a lot of my um, women find me through my Facebook group. I have an active Facebook group called More Intimacy in Marriage for Women. And the name of my business is called More Intimacy, if you want to find me on the web. It's moreintimacy.net. And I chose the word intimacy because I, I think it, you know, it means different things to different people depending on what gender you are. <laughs> for the most part, when women hear the word intimacy, we think of this emotional connection, this safety, this vulnerability. But you ask a man, what does intimacy mean? And he's like, oh, what do you think he says? Sex. Sex, right? And we can't help the way we're made. We are wired differently. Our man is not a big, hairy woman. And we got to understand that he's wired to like think that way. And we are wired to think the other way. And how do we make this relationship work and thrive and be happy? And, you know, between inside and outside the bedroom, there's skills that we can employ here to make things fabulous. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Debbie, it was such a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And thank you for being my 100th guest. Yay! On my show. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. That was such an important conversation. And I really hope that you learned one or two things that you can apply to your life right now so that you can have more intimacy in your life. And again, Debbie's website is moreintimacy.net. So thank you so much for listening today. As always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, happiness, and an abundance of intimacy. Take care, everyone.